Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe in Vikings with BMAC and Baker. I am your host, Austin Baker, here with Bryant McKinney and America's Got Talent semifinalists, Sally from Minneapolis and Ron Saw from Eden Prairie. That is the group tonight. We're talking about the Vikings weekly topics. We have the preseason contest, the loss at the Raiders. We talk about Kirk Cousins' return after COVID, Brad Childress for some weird reason at the Vikings practice, uh, our expectations, what we'd like to see in the Niners game this weekend. Updated feelings on Kellen Mond, and perhaps, if we have time, touch on Zimmer taking the gig at Jackson State with Deion Sanders. That's the docket tonight for Believe in Vikings. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews, news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, 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 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Vikings lost their first preseason game 26-20 in Las Vegas to the Raiders. Vikings. Rested most of their meaningful starting players, and they lost by six points. But there were some pros and cons, so we're gonna that's what we're gonna start off with tonight. Um, first though, Bryant, I wanted uh, America's Got Talent update. Did you get any rule clarifications on the wild card stuff? Um, so basically, each judge is four judges. They pick an act from um because there's different rounds for the goes to the finals. So each judge picks uh one act from each round to come back after they pick the um. The act between those four um, four contestants that come back, the America has to vote on one. Oh, and so, that'll be in a couple weeks or something. Yeah, that'll be in a couple weeks. It'll be rough fast. So the window is so like small. The voting window is like yeah, it was like twelve hours or something, or yeah, maybe like, like fifteen or something. But yeah, it was real short because I remember like it stopped at four p.m. four a.m. Pacific time, which was like seven p.m. 7 a.m. Eastern, and like the voting started like soon as the show ended. So the show probably ended for a two-hour show. It ended like so nine to seven time at 10 or whatever. So it was just like a weird, yeah, it's a weird time. But and then it's like you like so but yeah, it is weird, especially when I get they're doing the reveal show the next day. But if it's all electronic, it can be hard to that hard to tally it up. But it's also you're losing the huge demographic because now you're relying on 
like strictly just people that watch it live and like you can't right. DVR it and watch it later or whatever. Like, I know some people who are waiting for it to come on Hulu and other things. Yeah. And yeah, so it's like it's basically everyone who's watching it live who has to go turn and vote right away. So I think you guys have a reasonable chance <clears throat> based on the way that Simon reacted. Um, I bet Sophia brings back those South American dancing couples. She loved them. And I can't remember who the other two liked. So, Well, how many other episodes is there, though? I mean, there's three, still three more. Three. So it's more from. Yeah. So five total? No, it's four total. Oh, okay. There wasn't one this week? There's one tonight. Oh, tonight, tonight. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. So I mean, well, last, night, last night, tonight was they're giving who got voted off. Tonight they gave who got voted off. So each judge just gets to say, but I didn't even get a chance to tune in and see who got voted off because as we were leaving, like when we the days leading up, like maybe that Monday, we had to perform on Tuesday. The new wave of people were coming in for the following week, so we kind of crossed, like we kind of. Mixed with them a little bit too, so we got to meet some of the people who's performing tonight. Oh, there's a whole new wave of contestants. Yeah, because now <laughs> it was a whole new wave staying at the same hotel. Who now we're kind of exiting, and mm-hmm. they're just getting in. So it was like a, a rotation of people that you kind of keeps coming into the hotel. Oh, I thought when it was down to fake Elvis and um, Dixon, I thought that that was the head to head. Yeah. No, so they so they advanced to the finals. And then you have this week, next week, and the week after that. Then two from each go. Ah. So it'll be two, four, six, eight, or whatever. And then the wild card would be like the, the odd number. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that makes sense then. So are you back in Miami now? Yeah, I'm back. Gotcha. Does that feel nice? <laughs> it does. So you're not from, like living out your suitcase for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I bet. All right. Let's get All into right, this. Well, what else is up? <laughs> Anything else, Brian? I was going to get into the preseason um, stuff. I, there, we have a potential guest. Um, let me check his name again. Um, this is what happened. His brother, I met his brother when I was in L.A. And he's like, he went to the game. Uh, the brother went to the game, actually. Um, his brother's a rookie on a rookie receiver. I think like a fourth round draft ha- pick. Jalen, the one we had on? Jalen what? Yeah, we had him on, but we'd, we'd take him back for longer. Oh, Naylor? Yeah, yeah, he was the guy that was, like, outside. Oh, we did have him on already, didn't we? Yeah, he had the dreads, yeah. yeah. We could have him on again, though, if he wants to. Oh, okay. That's crazy. I need to let his brother know he already came on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we had to play it off of, well, or live on live air. Right, okay. so it was only, like, a 15-minute. Uh, no, it's all good. Does his brother pl- did his brother play football? His brother ran track at USC. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Well, yeah, tell him, tell him, well, that was two months ago. So tell him if, uh, if he wants to come join us anytime between now and forever, I guess we, okay. have him. yeah. And even if you'd like to stay a little longer this time, that would be cool too. Right. Okay. Got you. Yep. Cause now he's got more to talk about. Now he's gone through. Some yeah. He's experienced first training camp and preseason game. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, let's talk about this. Sally, I'm going to give you first dibs on stuff you liked and didn't like about the preseason game. Let's hear it. Well, I mean, of course, what I liked was finally getting to see some Kellen Mond action. (laughs) Um, I was so happy that they actually just let him play for what, three? How long did he play? I didn't get to watch the Uh, fourth quarter. They they inexplicably put Mannion back in, um, but they played. When? 
fourth quarter. Oh, okay. I couldn't. I had to be somewhere, so I didn't watch. So they, I didn't watch they, it. They indeed they lived up to O'Connell's word. They split snaps. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Um. So yeah, that was what I enjoyed the most. Obviously, I know he's not playing. Uh, most of the starters weren't playing, um, but it, it was nice to see him get comfortable. Um, so that was definitely what I was the most excited about. Disappointed in, uh, there were some penalties. Um, would a booth have some penalties that weren't great early on? Yeah. Two on the same um, play. Yeah. I mean, he seemed a little frustrated, but you know, it's the first preseason game. I'm not very, I'm not really disappointed about anything to be honest. Okay. And some of those penalties, I feel like, like the illegal contact, like the fact that the NFL came out and said they're putting a emphasis on that i think some of those will go away come regular season because some of that was just ridiculous like you know the like if you press a receiver like yes you have five yards but if the receiver's battling back usually they give a little bit of leeway on that not call it so um i thought one of them i I don't know if it was on booth or not was pretty bogus but um, dancer too yeah yep so hopefully they let him play physical Okay. So on the, on the one where he got the trifecta, he had the pass completed on him, pass interference, and then face mask. It was as if they assessed the face mask like it was 10 seconds after the play because they right. they said there's, I think they called pass interference. He still caught it. They just took the penalty and they said, by the way, there's a face mask on it too. But usually one of those is nullified and they take one. So the refs instituted it as if like he was jaw jacking afterward and then got a face mask, which I didn't think was the deal, but I mean, unless they they said it wrong on the field and like they actually ruled it a completion and then the, the face mask. Yeah. That's probably what happened now that you explain it like that. Cause that, that would make sense. Wouldn't it? Cause then at least, yeah, then yeah. Yeah, I've never seen a penalty. Well, yeah, a penalty. He, he the takeaway was he had two penalties on the same play, but in the books right. it was probably just one face mask and a 21 yard right. completion. So <laughs> whatever it was, that was like his welcome <laughs> to the NFL moment. And it, it was underwhelming. Uh yeah, the the offense started to tick when Mond was in there, that's for sure, after maybe his first drive. But uh Ron, what else from you? Any other dudes that stood out? Any other things that sucked? Well, you know, the the standing out, I guess I thought Mond. Again, keep in mind he's what a twenty-two-year-old second-year player who was deemed a project. He looked at least capable of you know being a backup quarterback. Mannion, on the other hand, <laughs> did everything to show why he's not a backup quarterback. Like, and even it's like as if he's inviting the pass rush coming into him, but like he's very statuesque. Obviously, we we know that, but he like any sort of pocket pressure and the pass comes out and you don't know where it's going. It looked like Josh Freeman and uh, at the Meadowlands. Um, but I, I will never understand why this guy is a backup quarterback to a veteran quarterback in the NFL. Now I get if you have like a Zach Wilson or, you know, a young quarterback as your QB one, mm-hmm. why you'd maybe bring in someone who has like that mentality, but he has no business being a quarterback in the NFL. And if he makes this team and we keep three quarterbacks, like that's a, huge mistake because well one if you lose if you lose three quarterbacks throughout the year you can always get Sean Mannion I don't care what team you are in the (laughs) NFL there's no team beating down the door to get him so there's zero reason why he should be rostered um like Mond is the type of quarterback you need like going on Twitter and seeing the debate well 
we need a quarterback, backup quarterback. It's like, if we need to go to the backup quarterback, we're probably not in for a good year anyways. So what's the point if that's Kellen Mond, Gardner Minshew, Blake Bortles is the name I've heard. Like, are we serious? Like, that's the biggest argument now is our backup quarterback. Like, let's just be happy that, that hopefully we can stay healthy at the quarterback spot and let everything else come to come to play but I liked what I saw out of Mon at least <clears throat> he can make throws and if he processes the field properly um you know I think he has at least um it's not going to look like Joe Webb in that Lambo game in the playoffs um but it could be a little bit more like Tavares Jackson um where there's something there it's just a matter of uh um tapping into that potential so um otherwise the I'm glad that they didn't get too exotic with blitzes and stuff but they were still able to get pressure um you saw some good things from um from the new three down linemen um and then ed ingram i think flashed Mm -hmm. for me as well you saw 67 just manhandling some guys up there which we haven't seen out of a right guard spot since uh since probably uh herrera that we've talked about uh um, a while back so that was good to see yeah i i think um on the Mannion thing, every time I watch him, I have the same feeling in my gut and my brain. It's just this generalized why, like what, what, am, what don't I understand here? And um, I think we we've we spend a lot of time as Vikings fans dwelling on who the QB two is going to play, who's going to be, and the guy probably won't even play at all right. in, in 2022. Um, but with that said, we would be in a dicey spot if Mond was going to be the QB one. However, we verifiably know he's going to be the QB two, and right. I've seen enough to know that that's fine with me. <laughs> like, you know, well, it's, we're not going to win the Super Bowl I, anyway without, without our QB one. So you might as well pick a guy who is young and promising rather than this like giant. Yeah. And my, the way, you know, my smart ass mind, like I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I'd rather have COVID-19 than Mannion 14. <laughs> 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 oh my. <laughs> Trademark that. <laughs> so Brian, when, uh, well, back, Sorry, Sal. I just want to say, first of all, almost all 32 teams in the NFL, um, if they go to their second string quarterback for a substantial amount of time, their season most likely is over, depending on when that injury happens. The Vikings aren't unique in that aspect. However, I think the reason that we are so invested in it is because, one, Mond was a third-round pick. It did catch everybody by surprise. There has been all of this... um, you know, Zimmer making the negative comments about him, then the culture stuff comes out. Is he really that bad? You know, all of that. So I think there's a lot of big curiosity factor as well. Then to hear up until this week that he just maybe just doesn't have it and doesn't get it at all. I think that's where a lot of the interest comes from. Then if you also take um, that this team has been plagued by quarterback carousels due to um, ineptitude or injury, Mm -hmm. we are also just naturally more interested in it. Mm -hmm. And it's not in that far. It's not that far long ago that we had Teddy go down in camp had to go and trade, you know, for Sam Bradford, then have Case Keenum come in, who Case Keenum never thought that nobody ever thought Case Keenum would have the success that he has. So I think it's very natural for us to think of all of these things and have an, a deep interest in who the backup quarterback is going to be. Okay. In a yeah. way, it's a great problem to have. Like, if that's the only thing that we're out here bitching about, like, you know, we're not talking about kickers, like we're not talking about, <laughs> uh, 
Um, you know, like For the thing that normally, like, right, right. <laughs> That'll be a regular season, right? But, you know, it's, it's not the offensive line. It's, you know, at least us as fans can come together on like, hey, we're not happy with QB2. And if that's our biggest problem going into the season, I think we can all breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief until that QB2 number gets called. Yeah, on on what Sally's talking about with being invested for good reason, that's kind of how I see when it's draft time and Vikings fans are clamoring for a wide receiver. We have such tremendous luck in getting them that I think there's an inherent enthusiasm, whether it's Percy Harvin, Justin Jefferson, Madrashaw, Chris Carter, like it, it, the Vikings know how to find wide receivers. You know, that's one of the things they do really well. And so that feeling as to why are we why are we fixated on this? I think it's that same thought on the QB2 that we've gone through them in the last decade. That's for sure. Brian, I've asked you this before about preseason and you, you've talked about in your playing days. It's you start to get your neck right and get your helmet back on um, when you would come off the field after a preseason game. Did you feel fulfilled or was it kind of like, oh, that was a waste or what was kind of the vibe after the preseason games? After a preseason game, you um, wanted to try to like a lot of things was like steps with the guy next to you, make sure y'all were taking the right steps and not stepping on each other. Um, just timing zone blocks. It just just getting the feel back for being in like a game mode. So I, I feel like that's what a lot of the veterans are doing I, for the rookies. This is their first you know time, and they probably feel like things are moving fast and happy to go against somebody else. You know, so probably a little more exciting and just different for them and realizing like, Hey, this is like somewhat what the NFL feels like. But yeah, for me, it was all about the, the steps, you know, with the guard next to me or working with the tight end, just getting those steps down the hand placement and, and just like the fundamentals really getting used to doing that and like live action against somebody else besides the guy that I practice every day. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. Well, they take on the Niners on Saturday and I'm taking my crew to that game and I'll be there for that one. Um, but we'll talk about that one here in about 15 minutes. Sally, I want to ask you about this version of Kirk that debuted the day that's profane. What the what's the deal? Do you understand that? Does he feel more comfortable now? And this is the real him or did Well, I think, you know, maybe that COVID-19 changed the DNA a little bit, you know, and got a little five G, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah, so maybe it's maybe it's the five G. Um, I don't know. It's it's good to see him fired up, obviously. I mean, this is the first time that they've been around a different team. So I'm glad that he is enthused and um, yeah, I, I think it's funny. Uh, I don't know what else to say, but I mean, I don't really get, get off on, you know, the F word, like a lot of people do yeah. <laughs> remember how, how many people I know it's Kirk. So that's why it's interesting. But I mean, I remember when Zimmer came, everyone thought he was so cool because he cussed like everyone was obsessed with that. <laughs> so everyone's like obsessed with Dan Campbell on hard knocks because he swears. And it's like, so doesn't really get my rocks off, but good for him for letting loose. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of, I don't know. We really can't pinpoint it, but I think in the last five, six, seven years, athletes are allowed to just do that now and tweet that. Whereas when I was oh, yeah. a teenager, if Dante would have said that interview, it would have been like, Oh, you know, what a ruffian. And you would have, you know, but now they can just do it. Brady does it. And it's okay. That works just yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I'm glad that he's really into it. And obviously he's feeling competitive. Um, it might be a little early to be getting <laughs> to be dropping that because when he does, you want it to be really special, right? Like, yeah, you want if you're gonna get super amped up about it, you want it to be a big moment. If you overuse it, it kind of loses its luster. Yeah. So yeah, 
<laughs> Brian, was every coach that you had pretty foul mouthed or were they even keel at times? I mean, Coach Tice probably had a foul mouth, but I don't. I don't recall Coach Childress cursing a lot. That's fair. Um, it just was just like probably just just didn't care for him, but I don't recall him cursing a lot. But Coach Tice, I could I I, I could hear him cursing <laughs> over down the sideline um, for the most part. Speaking of, yeah, that, that can be. Well, let let Ron Ron. Does this mean anything to you that Kirk is now this rated R version? No, I mean. And granted, I probably swear more than the average person, anyways. So to me, it doesn't. Words are words; it doesn't matter. But it's uh, um, as long as he's not like trying to be something he's not. Like if it came out in pure raw emotion, and that's just a layer of him that uh, that you hear from time to time, I'm all for it. But if he's trying to have a persona that he's not, that's you know where I'd probably uh, throw some caution to it. But I'm sure it's just. Uh, it could just mean he's just more comfortable with everything here. Like the fact that there isn't um, a known tension or for us, mostly unknown, but uh, um, a, a tension between him and the coaching staff or whatever. Uh, maybe he's just a little more free and relaxed and uh, being able to have fun out there. All right. So on that uh, Childress segue, Bryant uh, out of uh, nowhere, Brad Childress was just at Vikings joint practice today. And they fired him in 2010, and I guess they remained pals. Has anybody on the panel figured out why Childress would have been there today, other than friendship? Like Has I there said, been? I, oh, go ahead. Uh, I hope it wasn't for no consultant. Like, don't consult <laughs> nothing. You got fired for a reason, so don't come back as a consultant. <laughs> it would be bizarre if they hired him as all people as a consultant. Okay. What were you gonna say, Sally? Has, the, has there been any? Ha, was anybody asked in the afternoon press conference? I wasn't home for a big chunk of time, so I don't know. No, I don't think anybody. No, that no I one asked. Up, no, I looked, and I think it was just kind of accepted that he must. Where be. the heck was Chris Thomason on that one? I don't have to go. I'll go I'm search. Surprised nobody asked. Like, hey, we had you know we're world coach children's in town, branches in town, and had him in practice like. Why? Disappointed yeah. in Thomas and I'll have to <laughs> figure that out. Yeah, I mean, isn't it also odd Ziggy and him are still friends? I mean, yeah, beats the hell out I've, of me. I haven't heard anyone, like, especially like our past guests that we've had, I haven't heard anyone ever say a nice thing about Childress. Um, or sorry, not nice thing, but like a positive thing. Like, everything that comes out is something that he's done negatively to like ruffle feathers or whatnot. Obviously the Troy Williamson story comes to mind as like, you know, like I, um, I, I mentioned in, I don't know if it was Twitter or whatnot, but uh, um, I, so yeah, I, I thought he had burned the bridge when he left here, especially because, you know, when it was, it became Favre's team. And when he was on the outs, then what connection did he have? Because all he had his rest of his NFL career was, being Andy Reid's lackey again, like I don't know, maybe he's just trying to trying to find something to latch on because he hasn't had another opportunity anywhere else. So maybe he's just trying to, you know, sow some of those old oats and see what happens. I don't know. Well, Hopefully I messaged Troy. I messaged Troy on Instagram and sent him the pic, and I, and I said, "Can you believe this?" And he <laughs> said, "No, I really can't." 
He didn't elaborate. <laughs> but going beyond that, Brad Childress was dis- just talking crap about a bunch of Vikings players on Paul Allen last six months ago or something. Oh yeah, when he was called, and then when he called out Ben Lieber for uh, oh, that's right, I forgot when, about that. To talking about he created the word schism or something and. Like, so he has no problem pointing the finger. He reminds me a lot of David Kahn. Like, he has no problem pointing the fingers, but what he what, will never point one back at him that uh, where he. I think he might be a narcissist. Wrong. A Just narcissist? A little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. BMAC. Like, there's yeah. somebody they just talk, they don't see the audience. They're just talking and they don't really see the audience or anything that they're doing wrong. It's just about the lack of self awareness. Right. And empathy. He doesn't have any empathy. No, none at all. That was a big thing. Trust me, I've missed funerals messing around with this man because and it was a preseason game. And what? he made me feel guilty. Yeah, it made me feel guilty for trying to go to a high school friend's funeral and was like, oh, you're going to let your team down? I'm like, it's preseason. Like, whatever. <laughs> and I stayed. But like, stayed? stuff like that just really made me not like, yes, I stayed. And stuff like that really just made me not like care for him. It's like oh, the, he, yeah. he didn't have the human element. Even, to, even he did that with Troy Williamson and somebody too. It's yeah. like grandma or somebody. He t- yeah. yeah, he told to us make about him that. feel bad for that too. Like he was known for doing stuff like that when these are people that you grew up with as part of your life. Football is a, is a short part of your life with some people you grow up with forever. Like don't try to make somebody feel guilty because they're going to a funeral. Like don't do that. Like that's, and I just don't like him for that. And then to be even uh, like kind of do the exact opposite and cut Marcus Robinson on Christmas Eve. Like, I don't care, like, you know, you can't right. wait a couple of days, like, well, know, right. I didn't right. know that, yeah, that story is really messed up, especially preseason, it but was a I think, game. It was like, are you serious? That's preseason. insane, but he just seemed like he always had to be in control and remind people that he was in control, right, always, and that's what, he obviously felt inferior to you guys for, I'm sure, a lot of reasons, so that's how he flexed his, <laughs> it showed his dominance, which is very not narcissistic, obviously, but what the yeah. heck is he doing here? I, I don't want him putting his fingers on any offense. No, not at all. Um, we don't need a game spread analyst. I don't think that's a position that needs to be <laughs> no. filled. He's definitely not a game theory guy because he 12 men in the huddle, um, you know, on his watch. So, <laughs> Well, if him and Zig are friends, so be it. But he doesn't need to be there during a joint no. practice. Come give him a tour, you know, take him to Manny's yeah. and give him a tour. Right. I don't even want him at Manny's. Like, I want him painting that place. Well, just those two could go together, I suppose. I don't know. Manny's good for their cows, not their pigs. I can't imagine Brad even having a friend, let alone. That's probably why he's making his rounds. He's just going to, like, I tried in my head to rack my brain about, does he have a connection to O'Connell or anyone on this coaching staff? I couldn't think of anything. And then does he have any connection on the Niners? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I, so I don't get it. It's there wasn't anyone on the Niners that I could think of, and like even like to like John Lynch in the front office and stuff like that. So um, I I didn't dig too deep into it. I was just thinking of the kind of the top level names. So I was like, and then I, that's where it got more concerning. Like, <laughs> man, like I don't like. It's not like he's here visiting. It's all right. Yeah, I'd almost because of all of those lack of connections. I'd almost say that he happened to be having a look at the Niners and then he came over and said hi to Zeki. I mean, that would be my speculation because he has no, I mean, the last time he worked was a senior offensive assistant 2019 with Nagy and the bears. 
And, you know, as Sally said, he got fired by the guy he was talking to today. So is, I don't know, it, I, I'm not worried about him taking some job with the Vikings. I just thought it was weird. And especially oh, no. since we have no idea what he was doing here. But we've, oh, so we, the, Niners, the, the Niners were at practice today? Yeah, they're having two at oh, okay. practice today. So and that's why he's there. Yeah, that's the only thing I can wrap my head on. But Teron's point, I don't know of any immediate ties that, I mean, Childress <laughs> would have to the Niners. Um, but yeah, they practice together tomorrow and then play preseason against each other Saturday. Uh, but yeah, it was when you guys sent that in the, the group chat, I was <laughs> like, well, they're, they're, that's going to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> I knew it would devolve into this Childress slander. Oh, hour yeah. <laughs> well, I just text Chris Thomason and said, why was Brad Childress to practice today? But you know, he would have ran with that story if he knew. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe he didn't ask. Um, yeah. So that was pretty, pretty unexpected for sure. And then um, while I was researching a little bit about more about Childress for something I wrote about this little incident, I realized or I determined that he is 22 days younger than Mike Zimmer. They were born same month. Chili? Yeah, they were born 23 weeks apart. Isn't that kind of weird? Also, Brian, what's your what's your commentary on um, how Brad is looking? <laughs> how he's well, aging? Yeah, he's a little... Um... I don't know. Was it baggy or was that his stomach? Like in the front? Was it what? I don't know if this jacket was baggy or if that was like his stomach. I wasn't sure. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Let me take uh, a look. Yeah, I didn't pay attention I, to that. I just, I wouldn't have never known that was him if, if it wasn't stated. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Oh gosh, Brian, you're right. He yeah, looks so pregnant. <laughs> wow, this, we are relentless. No, I'm not trying to be mean. And then he's got he's still got his like goatee. Oh yeah, yeah staple. But yeah, he's not he his profile isn't looking too good. I would need a, a front facing photo, but yeah. I wouldn't have known that was him if I was standing there, probably. I'm not sure if I would have either. Kind of like if you want you to tell me, I said, oh, okay. But right away I wouldn't have known. Would you have said hello to him? I don't know. <laughs> you, th- you think he would have even gotten the name? Like, he would have had to come up to me. I wouldn't have made my way over there for sure. <laughs> you think he would have even gotten the name that he called you right? Like, Free <laughs> oh, Thomas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast because if he does, he'll be calling Paul Allen tomorrow to have some words about <laughs> Brian McKinney and uh, how terrible he was on AGT. I can see it now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to find his way to that 33rd team that everyone seems to be going to. Yeah, that place just took off. I remember trying to figure out what the hell it was back at the turn of the year. <laughs> and uh, did you see that thing with Spielman and Zimmer? That was hilarious. Did you see the optics? The quarterback after? breakdown or something? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they they went over Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter and Zimmer, or Spielman being Spielman wrote two handsome paragraphs about each quarterback. And then it got down to Zimmer's take and it said a lot of good quarterbacks had good opening drives. <laughs> that yeah. <was> <laughs> I thought that oh. was satire when I saw it. But Look who's yeah. calling. Oh, you better oh. take it and tell us. Sorry, Harold. Do you want me to mute it? Yeah, mute it and tell us. Okay. Yep. All right. So the play-by-play is that Chris Thompson is calling Sally, presumably about Childress Gate. And we're going to figure out by the end of the episode why the hell Childress was there because he's once again a topic on our show. <clears throat> like I said, she's our, she's our feet on the ground, um, you know, the, the the true reporter the investigative reporter yeah. out of it yeah no so. this is this is good television good <laughs> podcasting 
Uh, let, let's while she's on the phone, we can. Looks like she might be a minute. We'll we'll talk about Zimmer because that's a guy <clears throat> that for seven or yeah about seven months he was quiet. We didn't hear anything even after people were slandering his name in his exodus. Uh, then he showed up and boom, the thirty third team. He's a, a very eloquent analyst on thirty third team dot com. Then last week he was at Bengals practice, just looking on, kind of like Childress was for uh, the Vikings. And bada bing, now he's an analyst. So he didn't get fired from <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, good point. <laughs> he left uh, Will. <laughs> now he's an analyst at Jackson State in Mississippi under Deion Sanders. And those two played together for five seasons at the Dallas Cowboys. So, Ron, I'm going to bend your ear on this. Is this just a little pit stop for Zimmer to get back in the mix as a defensive coordinator next year? Or is he just going to take it easy for the rest uh, of the day? You know, I'm not sure. I mean, like, the one thing about Zimmer, while I know you and I were both fans of his um, throughout his tenure, and then mm-hmm. the last couple am. years, maybe. And, yep. So I'm big fan of the guy, and I know he was always big on those relationships. Like, you know, when Prime would call him during a press conference or whatnot, and like, you know, he took that, if you remember, last year. And, mm-hmm. he, like, he, his guys have his back. Roy Williams, we've had on the show, he talked about him, and, you know, it was a pallbearer at his wife's wedding and stuff. So Terrence he, Newman, yeah. while, while there may have been things that, uh, like, where we as fans may have looked at it, like there would have been some differences that we would have liked to see. Like, I still respect the man. I'm still happy for him and good for him to go. Like, cause again, the, even Dion going to Jackson state, like um, I know that it was always one of those things like, well, you know, can you succeed at that smaller school? And here he is. And he's out recruiting a lot of these big guys. Cause it's Dion Sanders walks through your door and tells you, Hey, I want you to come play for me. How are you going to turn that down um, as a, as a young kid? Um, you know, with that swag that he <laughs> that he invented swag pretty much. So, um, and then good for Zimmer to go and you know be a tu- a tutor for him, um, <clears throat> you know, on campus. And then what that means to those kids there, like they're not just they're not going to compete with the Alabamas and the and those schools, but they're they're going to make some noise. They're going to get some nice revenue off of that, and they're going to become a um, a powerhouse in their own right. So, um, and now there's some, they're continuing to add more merit to that. And so I like to see that. I like to see that type of program, um, elevate themselves. So, um, and yeah, Zimmer is always going to be a football guy. Um, I don't know how directly related he's going to be, but for him to have these ancillary uh, pieces, I'm sure that that'll keep him uh, busy and entertained, but also not overwhelm him. Um, and, Again, good. The longer he's in the game, I think the better the game is for that. A guy like that with all that knowledge. Yeah, I'm excited to see him do that. I think it's a good transitionary gig, whether or not he wants to wind it down for work in general. Or my what I think is going to happen is that he's just going to take it easy this year and determine if he still has the zeal for gridiron and then come back and maybe coach the defense of a jaguars or some team like that that because he's we we know that in his heart of hearts he's usually a pretty damn good defensive mind i don't know what happened these last two years um but he's 66 right now 22 days older than brad childress and i I, the, the ship has probably sailed on head coaching responsibilities however there's always a weird team like the texans you know that could fire lovey smith after a year and say hey we're getting mike zimmer i think there's probably about maybe two or three teams in the nfl that would do something we consider strange now and could hire an old head coach. Um, but we'll see how the carousel looks um, when the time comes. Brian, have you ever thought about being an analyst or some sort of offensive line coach in college or an NFL team? 
um, people have, a couple of people have asked me about being an analyst um, and a coach. I don't know. That takes a lot of time. If I thought being a player was a lot of time, the coaches are there before <laughs> us and after us. <laughs> so it's like, I always like would throw out there, even at the University of Miami, I was like, I would come in and help with technique. Like, but I don't be full time, like, there, you know, like breaking down plays and everything. Like, I would be. All right. Well, um, we're waiting on Sally's conversation to cap, and then we can figure out. It's uh, there better be a verdict after this. Um, <laughs> this is quite the the detailed conversation, but oh, we got we got time for a little bit more. Ron, let's hop into, and then we know we'll be interrupted when Sally's off the phone. Uh, what we're looking forward to in the San Francisco game. So a lot of this will be retread because nothing was truly resolved in the first season, uh, first preseason game, nor should it. Um, but I think <clears throat> personally on Mond. He cannot have a stinker this week. <clears throat> I think every game that he plays now is the most important game of his life. I think he needs to do what he did last week or improve because otherwise, if he comes out with a turd, we're going to be back to square one. And then all of the should we sign Blake Bortles or Cam Newton, that shit's going to start up again. So I think number one with the bullet, like I said, I'll be in my usual spot, my season tickets. <clears throat> I'm looking for him to look good. Uh, what else are you looking for? Well, you know, like when you say that, like him having a dud, like that doesn't concern me as much if it's like something where as long as you can see the tools and the, and improvements made, like if he goes out and like he's errant passes, stuff like that, terrible reads, that's where it's concerning for me. But if he's just not like, like if there's something where it's like, oh, it's split second late or, oh, he just missed this or didn't fit it in this window. Like if he's bad because he's taking chances that we haven't really seen out of him, mm -hmm. I can live with that. I Again, all I'm looking for out of him is to show me that you can be the backup quarterback here. Now, it's again, if if we ever have to go to the backup quarterback, I, we're going to be in trouble. Um but I want to see someone that, hey, like, you don't look lost out there. Like, you look like you could at some point, you know, take meaningful snaps in the NFL. And again, like I said, out of Mannion, I, he's been in the league for how many years and he still hasn't had it. Um, so um, the, that Mond part, um, you know, again, I'm just happy to see him get more comfortable. And you can clearly see he had comfort in the pocket um, and on the field. Um, last last week and i kind of hope that they at least they don't pull him like they did for Mannion just to even up the snaps like granted i don't care about win loss in the preseason but it's also like would have been nice to see if mon had a chance to you know come make that comeback like you know maybe in the minds get him where some people think that Kyle Sloter is and like just that yeah. mental part of hey like he could be a gamer out there um but yeah otherwise i'm just looking for uh to seeing everyone pop up off their, or, you know, when they, when they're on the ground, I don't want to see anyone down for too long. That's all I look for in the preseason really is uh, to avoid injuries and uh, get as healthy as possible. Otherwise um, a lot of the rookies, um, you know, Ty Chandler, I liked what I saw out of him, um, Asamoa, um, and, you know, just to see those guys um, show improvements and being able to see them be day one uh, impact players. Yeah, Bryant. Um, so when you when you played, I think typically the third preseason game least was somewhat meaningful because you got more snaps than usual. Now the NFL only has three, so essentially the second preseason game is like the third one from from your day. Um, so tell me, does from what you recall, is the third preseason game is there a di different vibe in general? 
Uh, yeah, because that's when you want to get the most reps and get your your feel, your real feel in on how you plan on um, kind of like attacking the season because that game after that you're not going to play. So that's like your last like real big chance to like have your feet under you and really kind of get an idea of how you and your guy next to you is going to uh, communicate and everything like that in like more of a live setting. Okay. And then – um, I wanted to ask you this, Ron. This just came to mind. So I think the the best player on the field, <clears throat> Raiders Vikings, was probably Ty Chandler. And you know who to thunk it, just uh, breaking off chunk yardage every time he touched the ball. What do the Vikings do about this embarrassment of riches at running back? Do you just have too many good playmakers, or do you cut somebody that'll be heartbreaking? Um, well, I don't think you cut um, any one of those top four. I think. The being the the way the position is, um, you can never have too many valuable legs back there. Um, and even again, like Dal Dalvin's one of the best in the business. Like, there's no doubt about that. He just got his contract. Like, he's not going anywhere. Madison's in his last year. Um, if you can't, I would gauge the trade waters for him. But I know when people are like, "Why can't we trade him for a center?" Well. You're not trading a backup running back who may start on a team. Like they're not giving up their starting center. Like you know, it's like it's just not going to happen. Not so I don't understand that. It's like not it's a, a position. Game. It's a premium position that injuries happen a lot to. Like look at the San Francisco 49ers. Like they year after year seem to be on their fourth, fifth running back, and they make it happen. Like Mostert came out of nowhere. Like Elijah Mitchell overtook Trey Sermon last year. It's you need these guys. You need to have, and they're all different in a lot of ways. Like Dalvin's do everything. Madison is very similar to Dalvin, but just a little lower. Wang Wu has that speed, and Chandler looks to have that just agility. Like just, they all do different things. It doesn't mean that you need to force feed um, anyone at any given time, but I'm all for just keeping them all um, and you know mixing them in sporadically. Like seeing Wang Wu on. Uh, on wheel routes out of the backfield or, you know, just as a kick returner, you have now multiple options that you can go with. So um, if they move on, like I don't, they're not in salary cap hell. Um, so I don't see anyone just being cut, but if there's a viable trade out there um, for some draft capital or something, um, I can see that happening. Otherwise I see them just staying with all four. So they keep all four plus CJ ham or ham. Would I be think it. so. Wow, um, I, so Ham backs. is the one that I'm wondering is is he going to be expendable in this system? Um, but again, we haven't seen like the <coughs> like the you know top plays. Maybe they have plans for CJ Ham in an H back type role mm -hmm. where he's um, out wide um, or out at the end of the line. So um, I don't know. I think that's another reason why you can't have three quarterbacks on this team. Like if you need a third quarterback throughout the year, you pick up Sean Mannion, you know, when you need to. So, um, yeah, but I'm all for keeping, keeping playmakers that'll have their ball in their hand at, at some point. Um, and who knows, maybe mixing, mixing them in on, uh, on gunners on punts. That's a good way to, <clears throat> to make an impact there as well. Cause we don't have that Marcus Sherrill's or Cordero Patterson anymore. So yeah, too, we'll see. True. All right, Sally, why don't you, if anything came out of that conversation, why don't you take us off air with the developments? Well, I hate to keep y'all in suspense. Um, he obviously had a lot to say. Um, Can but you reveal it? 
he said that he wasn't aware that he was there until afterwards because mm. he saw the same picture on Twitter that we all saw. He did not see him there and therefore he did not ask. And so I said, are you going to ask tomorrow then if you see him there again? And he said, um, he just said, matter of fact, no. And I was like, what? I'm like, this seems like a very, he, I said, why wouldn't you ask? He's like, well, I don't know. And I said, this is, he's like, I he's like, yeah, you want me to ask Kevin why Brad Childress was there? I, I was a little surprised by that reaction, given that this is Chris Thomason I'm talking to, <laughs> who I've never seen have a problem ask a question before. Uh, but he said, basically, it comes down to um, a huge difference. Obviously, we all know between Mike Zimmer and Kevin O'Connell is that um, Mike Zimmer will give you a one word answer. So you have a lot more opportunity to ask him several questions, whereas with uh, KOC, you can really only ask one or two because he's going to actually elaborate. So he said that one probably wouldn't make the cut for tomorrow. Okay. But he did say that uh, Brad Childers still owns a house in Mound. And so he could be just in town. I was I was very surprised that he would still own a home here, Uh, but supposedly has family here. So it could be that. Yeah, 11 years removed. A big mystery, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess it'll remain that way if Chris isn't on the case. I mean, he's he's got to figure it out, right? He told me he has done the research. There is no affiliation that's obvious between the current 49ers staff and Brad Childress. Well, so that's what we got Ron for. Okay, well, yeah. good. I'm glad I didn't miss anything then. <laughs> yeah, but he obviously had a lot to say. So. Mm-hmm. Well, he cool, said cool. that he heard that there's this this thing going around called cancel culture as well. And he said that he hopes I don't get canceled. So you, yeah, <laughs> over what? Why? Why would you like, get canceled? I don't know. I guess he's just he's he's, he's concerned about your well being. Concerned that I could become. I don't know. <laughs> we worry about you, Sally. Well, well, because the I because the Vikings gave me VIP tickets to practice today. Yeah, and then they changed the time. Ding. Ding! They changed the time from two thirty to four thirty, from ten to noon. Right, so mm-hmm. I couldn't go anymore. So I emailed them and I was like, "Hey, is there any way I can swap these for Thursday?" And then they were like, "They wrote me back and they're like, hey, we don't have any more VIPs for Thursday, but here's the regular ones. Hope those will do.'" And then I go to check my account. And they're already vanished. Like they already yanked my tickets out <laughs> like in one second. And so I told Chris that and he was like, well, I don't, he's like, I don't need you to get canceled. So. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. No All right. Stories, I guess. No, no. That's so this one's going to remain a mystery unless somebody asks the awkward question uh, tomorrow or thereafter. I'll see what I can. I he can said if he to. sees Brad, he will be uh, getting his attention and talking to him. <laughs> Yeah, and well, he we, will be on the lookout now. I told him people are concerned. We're well represented now. Yeah. Um, all right, Bryant. So you want to maybe see just gauge Jalen Naylor's interest, even though we had him on for 15 minutes back in June. We'd love to have him on again if you want to talk to his brother. Okay. And then Sally, are you tailgating this weekend? I am tailgating. Okay. So um, this is the dress rehearsal for the big day because we only have one preseason. And this is my first time owning my own tailgate spot. So um, treating it like the real thing. So anyone wants to come by, please do. Oh, excellent. Yeah, Because you... we need to duplicate real game situations. Yeah. I, Got to I... test this speaker, make sure it's loud enough. This will be one where <laughs> since it's at... thunderstruck going on. <laughs> it's preseason for everybody. Yeah. We got to, you know, make some roster adjustments. Yeah, possibly. we got to. 
we got to bring the the second teamers and third teamers to this tailgate yeah. so we can uh, figure out who makes the cut for the regular season. Will you be there? Yeah, this is one where uh, my season ticket neighbor is giving me his two tickets because they're so cheap. And um, this is a go- always a good pilot run for my kids to figure out how much more they've matured within a year if they can handle a full regular season game. Because last year at the Cowboys game, they didn't have any tablets or anything, and they lost interest probably about halftime. So... Well, there I'll see you guys Saturday and then. Yeah, absolutely. Well, pour one out for me. I won't be there, but uh, I'll <laughs> yeah. be there in spirit. So Excellent. Um, and then next week, we have Luke Braun from Zone Coverage. He has the Locked on Vikings show, and he was actually going to join us tonight, but we had a scheduling mishap, but he will be with us for the four, full 45 minutes ne- next week. So you guys get your questions ready for Luke, and we will reconvene next Wednesday. And not only oh, did the Vikings cancel me, just let me wrap this up. They canceled Jordan Reed too by their just little schedule change. Oh, so really? that's Ooh, why. That's their loss. Yeah, yep. telling me. All right, that's all we got. Okay, bye guys. Oh, bye, Brian. All right, okay. have a good one, everyone. All right. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.